Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. We'll see how fine-tuned we are today. <laughs> Went back to get the mic. John Snyder said, are you speaking today? I said, well, we'll find out. Because <laughs> uh, anybody else just have some amazing encounters during that time of worship? Yeah, yeah. That was good, wasn't it? Can, can we just soak in that a little bit longer? Is that cool? <laughs> just close your eyes and put your hands out in front of you. Like, you're going to receive something. Yeah, Lord, we just thank you. Yeah, just receive even right now in the room. He's still here, just as thick as he was before. We thank you for your kindness and your goodness, Lord. Your generosity just to pour out your presence on us. And we receive all that you're pouring out today. It's kind of kind of like one of those moments where <clears throat> I used to wor- lead worship and you'd get into these moments where the glory is super thick, yeah. right? Any worship leaders in the room? You know what I'm talking about? It's super thick. And you're like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, right, Dara? You know this works, right? I'm like, I don't know if I should say something right now. I don't think I should say anything, but it feels like something should happen. I just don't know what that thing should be, right? <laughs> kind of in that moment. Do I touch this? Do I not touch this? The Holy Spirit just lands. You just, it's like the dove, right? Landing on the shoulders, like careful, easy. Don't move too suddenly. I kind of felt like that this morning. <clears throat> Worship team did such a phenomenal job leading us in, in that. They always do, but uh, today felt special. And I think Lauren leaned over to me and said, it feels like we're on the, uh, or what did you say? We're starting into a new season, yeah. This this encounter thing, and it does feel like that. I think Blake's been really going after the uh, a season of prophetic, and and um, and I've heard Justin really championing a season of miracles, and and I've been hearing this thing about a season of his presence, and then they just all go so well together. <laughs> it's almost like they're connected. <clears throat> but have been hearing <clears throat> about this season, this season of his presence and, and encounter. And um, last week when I was sharing, I think during worship, someone, I think it was Lael or, or Andrew, le- leaned over and said, oh, next week is Pentecost. And I was like, ah, oh, well, isn't that, isn't that teed up for us? <laughs> that kind of works out, doesn't it? So... I've got some things. I, I, I've got some things I can talk about. Uh, I really want to make room for the presence and the spirit in the, to this morning because he's so present with us. That's okay. Are you guys good with that? Um, 
What a wild, so a wild encounter. You ready to hear a wild story? So it's wild to me. We'll see if it's wild to you. <laughs> so, so I'm reading. It might have been around Wednesday or something like this. I'm reading like a little devotional book, right? And this book's like maybe 15, 17 years old or something. So it's, it's not like a, a, a fresh word for today, right? And I'm reading in this book. And, and this lady's writing and she's talking about, she makes this one phrase statement. The wine is in the cluster. And I'm like, oh, that's got a ring to it. And so just throughout the week, it just kind of keeps coming to my mind. So then we're in a prayer meeting this morning, and Lindy starts to sell this, uh, share a, a testimony from there. It was a prayer group, right? Darlene. From the prayer group, and Darlene was sharing. And she says verbatim, the wine is in the cluster. <laughs> she starts talking about the verse where there's the cluster and the wine. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like, are you really saying this right now? <laughs> I'm like, this is very odd. But it just feels like, you know, back to kind of what we feel happening this morning and this, uh, even in this moment, that there's just some, something the Lord wants to do in pouring out wine. And it was, the cluster has to do with intimacy, connection, relationship, family. Yeah. So the wine is in the cluster. <laughs> we'll just leave that there. Anyway, I want to talk uh, a couple, uh, main, main thing I kind of wanted to let you guys in on is, I think I talked a little bit last week about how I'm kind of an intellectual person, right? Any, any intellectual per people in the room, right? Real left brain people, we can analyze, we can work things out, we can figure things out, we can tear them down and rebuild them. <clears throat> and so... I'm kind of an intellectual person. I'm very left-brained in that regard. And, uh, and I think I shared last week where, you know, when I started encountering, getting these like weird encounters with the presence where you're like shaking, right? Any, anybody, right? You're like shaking, Eddie knows. So he went up to tell him that, <laughs> right? You're shaking, you're flopping, you're crying, you're laughing. You got all the things going on and you're in your head going, is this God? Is this not God? I can't figure out if this, is this of the devil? Like, what's exactly happening right now? It just doesn't make sense. I don't even know if this is biblical, right? You're like left brain trying to outwork and analyze what's taking place. And so that was a lot of my experience in the beginning. And so what I thought I'd like to share a little bit about today is some of the journey of, of my discovery, what I've learned in terms of intellectual Christianity and spiritual Christianity. Is that cool? We won't have a lot of time to do that, but I'll give it my best go, okay? Because <clears throat> um, I was an intellectual Christian for about a dozen years before I realized there's the manifest presence of God. Yeah? And, and I think I shared last week too where before, before, before I realized that that was a reality, like it was just a pretty much a transactional experience with my relationship with the Lord, Right? Well, he asked me to do this, so I'll do this, and then I'll get that if I do this. Right? Whatever man sows, so shall he reap. So if I do good, he does good. Right? We're just following the principles, but we're missing the presence. Now, I don't know about you, but that was my journey, right? So there's a lot of just trying and trying to figure it out and really trying to do good, and, you know, that's... What we do as Christians, we're just trying to be good Christians, good husbands, good wives, good, good people. We're trying to be the best Christian we can, and, and, and I always fail, right? Always. Did, ever, did we ever succeed? 
Like, I did it this week. I was a good Christian. It's like, no, man, I know what I did. You see my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, I didn't. And, and what was the miss? Well, we were missing this spiritual peace. And this was, again, I'm going to talk from my own experiences. I was missing this spiritual peace. And when I started discovering the manifest presence of God, the spiritual side of the relationship, now it's not to say that there wasn't something spiritual that happened in me. Okay, so don't, be, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that uh, there was nothing spiritual happening inside of me. I was a believer, but there just, it was like I hadn't been filled with the spirit. There wasn't, just, wasn't quite that spiritual activation piece, the side that was alive and happening in me and active in me at that time. And so because of that, everything was being outworked intellectually. Anybody else? Is it just me or is there anybody else that lived like this? Right? Okay, so there's some of us that are ready to say what you did. Um, so, so, there, so, so as I'm, as I'm like discover this encounter piece that began to activate this side, again, I'm outworking it intellectually, right? Trying to figure out if it's the Lord, if it's really real. Is this, I think this is a bunch of hogwash. I don't know about the flags. I don't think that's, what are they doing? <laughs> so is anything happening there? Dancers, we don't have this here, but where we came with dancers were on stage dancing, like, and interceding. We're like, what are they doing back there? <laughs> They're dancing and praying, but why? I don't understand what's happening, right? So there's, we're weird. You've guys figured this out? We're weird. <laughs> and, and, if you, and if you're any much of an analytic or left brain person, that's hard. <laughs> Anybody else? That's, that's hard. Because I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't understand. <laughs> what are you doing when you're shaking and praying? <laughs> I don't understand. Does that doesn't make any sense to me. No, it doesn't. But let me tell you why. Because what I didn't know was there's two sides of, of, of a reality, two realities that we are now able to live in. As a result of becoming a believer and his spirit, <clears throat> making our spirit come alive, we now have access, as Justin said, the veil has been torn. We now have access to a spiritual reality that we did not have before Christ. All we knew was the natural, right? All we knew was the natural. And we were in bondage, as, he, as Justin shared during communion, to, the, to the, uh, a life of sin. But when we became saved, uh, uh, the spirit says in uh, Galatians, it says in Ephesians, the spirit has been made alive within us. Like we came awake. <gasps> Something came awake. And that spiritual reality that's, that's inside of us gives us access, now the veil's been torn, to a spiritual kingdom, a spiritual heaven, a whole realm as Jesus says, my realm is not of this, my kingdom is not of this realm, right? Gives us access to a whole realm that, 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 that did not ha exist or have access to when we were before Christ. Amen? That's the good news. Now, what that does is it gives us now, it says in uh, Galatians, it's for freedom that you've been set free. Do you know what that means? That first word, it actually says it's for liberty, and it's translated as it was for you to have a choice, to be given a choice, is why you've been set free. Did you know this? So you've been set free. The purpose was so that now you have a choice, which means I have a whole spiritual reality that I could live in. Now I can also live in the natural reality. 
I can live in either or. I can live in both at the same time. Oh. But if we don't realize this, you will be naturally subject to living in the natural realm, even though you're awakened. Okay? You following me so far? So because of that, I'll still be over here just trying to be a good Christian. I would say it like this. I'm trying to do good deeds to access heavenly realities. Like, you're more than a conqueror. You're a believer. You're saint. You're not a sinner. You're holy. You're blameless, right? We're trying to access those heavenly realities from here. How's that working out? Not too well, right? When in reality, we're meant to live from here, we say it, right? Live from heaven to earth. And, and, and because I live here, I end up manifesting the fruit of the heavenly realities because of where I live. So my deeds, the fruits, then start looking like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, right? This starts becoming a byproduct instead of the to-do list it was when I lived over here. You guys tracking? So this is just, I'm just telling you my story. Like this is what I learned as I was like growing. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, this means as beautiful as I am in the natural, and what are we talking about? Your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your body, your physical, the physical realm, the natural realm around us, your flesh, right? The actual body. It still is inferior to the spiritual man, the inner man, as Paul would say, that had been awakened. That is now one with Christ, as we hear in Corinthians 6, that you have now, he, who has known, he who has given himself to the Lord has become one spirit with him. That if, that if we are now one with Christ here and we're seated with him in heavenly places, we know in Ephesians, right? You have been seated with him in heavenly places. That's a past tense statement. We're not waiting to be. You currently are. It, it also says, let's see if I can find it real quick. I have it in my head. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also wait eagerly a savior, the Lord Jesus, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity to the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he himself is subject to things all of himself. We are citizens of heaven from which, from here, we wait eagerly for that body to be transformed. The physical body. Right? That's what happened to Jesus. Wait, don't touch me yet. I've not gone to the, to, uh, above to be glorified. So, so we actually reside here. So because of that, this is, a, this is going to be a um, superior reality, the heavenlies, the kingdom, this is what we say, the kingdom is a superior reality to the natural realm, which is the realm you see, look around. He who has eyes, let him see. He who has ears, let him hear. What the spirit is saying. Because if you overhear, eye has not seen, ear has not heard. It hasn't even entered the heart or mind of man, the things I have planned beforehand. Yeah. 
natural eyes. But what's the very next statement? What's the very next sentence in that, in, that, uh, in that verse? But it has been given to them to know. Eye has not seen, ears not heard, it isn't in the heart of man and the things of God is prepared for those who love him. But to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. You guys, I want you to understand there's a reality that is superior that we will not understand. Hope you heard what I said. (laughs) Understand that we won't understand. Because his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. It's so far above and beyond all that we can dare to even ask or think. It's all the things we don't know. That if you live your life, I wrote this this morning, if you relegate your relationship with the Lord to that which you can understand, you will live in an inferior reality. And never access all the things Christ died for us to have. Life and life abundantly. To look like the pages that we read. Then he says, so now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not taught, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But a natural man does not accept the things of the spirit of God for their foolishness to him. We used to think that only belong, that statement only belonged to the unbelievers. I would have proposed to you I would propose to you the majority of the church is still thinking that way. That we still think like a natural man because we don't realize just what a reality that is. And because of that, we've relegated our whole Christian experience to the natural, to what we can do, to what we can't do, to what we can understand in hopes that God can do something greater, right? We're, we're, we're trying, I'm not, hear me. But the reality is it's my kingdom is not consistent in words, but in power. Like, like it, th- this reality is the one that trumps, is the one that supersedes the natural realm. And the issues and the problems and all the circumstances and all the things are only solved through the power of the kingdom. Which is only going to happen if we know who we are and where we, where we sit. Because then we can actually... We say it, heaven to earth, right? We want to have, we're establishing heaven on earth. Then we can actually bring heaven because we're here from where we sit and release it onto the earth through power, signs, wonders, and miracles, transformation. It takes spiritual power to do the things we've been called to do. We cannot do them on our own. And furthermore, we can't understand them, which is the problem. So again, because I like to understand <laughs> A natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. He who is spiritual praises all things, yet he, who is, yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he would instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. I'm going to try to get through this really quick. Romans 8 is one of my favorite sections. But I want to just dive in really quick to a couple things. First thing you got to understand is when he starts mentioning the flesh, we think it's the old nature, the old man, 
that died, please erase that from your brain. <laughs> he died two chapters before in Romans 6. You'll have to go back and read it and see to, to, to understand. But when he's talking about the flesh, he's talking literally, it's the Greek word sark. It's your flesh. It's your physical flesh. He's talking about the natural and the fact that there's these two realities of the spirit and the natural. Right? I'll, I'll, I'll read it to you. You're going to make me try to read the whole thing, but I'm not, I can't go with it right now. For those who are according to the natural or the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh or the natural, but those who are according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Because the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God, it's not even able to subject itself to the law of God. It's not even able to do so. And those who are in the natural cannot please God. However, just in case you were wondering, you are not in the natural, but you're in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells inside of you. But we have a choice. Will we live in this reality? And this goes back to the, 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 the passage in Corinthians where Paul says that the natural man cannot accept the things of the Lord. Your natural brain is wired in such a way, it is naturally going to reject the spirit. The natural man cannot appraise the things of the spirit. Your natural mind is at enmity with God. Those who are according to the natural will set their minds on the natural, but those according to the spirit set their minds on the spirit. This is where we ask the question, are you soul-led or spirit-led, right? Those who are led by the spirit, this is what Paul talks about here in Romans 8. When we're led by our soul, when we're led by our mind, our will, and our emotions, they're beautiful. They just have to sit in the passenger seat. They can't sit in the driver's seat. Don't put them in the trunk, trust me. <laughs> Those emotions will pop out and hurt somebody. I, I, I'm just saying, I know from experience. But they gotta sit in the, in the passenger seat. Your, your mind is brilliant. All of us left brain people, your mind is brilliant, but it has to be in submission to the spirit. Otherwise, you will relegate your experience in Christianity and in this life to what you can understand. And we can go through verse after verse after verse about how we can't understand the things of God. So I have to submit my mind to the Spirit and say, that's why I told you last week, your best prayer is going to be, okie dokie, Lord. <laughs> I don't get it, but I don't have to. Because I trust you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, all of them, all those, yeah, all those, even though, yeah, even those, all your ways. Lean not on your own understanding. I mean, how much is it we hear this? And we're like, and we do, we amen it, right? We're like, that's right, lean on my understanding. Until like we get to a place where we're like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, I don't, I don't get that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about the flag, I don't know about the flopping. Like, God's not a God of confusion. I got verses for this. I know. How's that working out? And, and the beauty of this journey, if we can do this, of, of allow the brilliance and the beauty of who we have been redeemed as in our body, soul, and our spirit, our mind, our will, and emotions, have we've been fully redeemed. 
this begins to access the realities of the kingdom of heaven when that guy starts driving. And I get to access, thanks for the one, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I get to, I get to, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I get to access the brilliance of my mind now in processing the supernatural, okay? I get to go on a journey, a quest, let's say, and ask questions of the Lord about the kingdom instead of questioning. And there's a vast difference from questioning to asking questions. Because questions come from a place of discovery and, and security. Security in the Father, security in the kingdom, security in who I am and who he is. Security in, I'm, I'm secure with him and the landscape can change in, in, as much as it needs to. My security's not in the landscape. The landscape. <laughs> my security's not even in this. My, my, way, my way of thinking, my ability to know, my, my expertise, my history, my experience, my, my security's not in that. My security is in the, in, in the Father. It's in the one. It's not even in the kingdom in much as it is it's in him because the kingdom may look different if I open up a different room. I didn't know that was there. Because if you get locked into one room and you get into another room, you're going to go, well, that doesn't look like the God I know. Well, he, he's never moved like that before. What are we doing? You're naturally at enmity with the presence of the spirit. That's okay. I, okay. It's killing me. It's okay. We say, okie dokie, Lord. Well, this looks a lot different. But I'm holding on to you. I trust you. So let the landscape change. Let him bring transformation to us inside and out. Let's not be reliant on our own history and experience as, as our rock. But as something we can glean from in the passenger seat in submission to the spirit who's leading. In the spirit, we're seated with him. The kingdom is within you. We've heard the verse, right? The kingdom of heaven is within you. Like we, in this heavenly realmless life, what we're talking about is we have these options. Am I going to be reliant upon the spirit or reliant upon my own understanding? And you guys... Have you looked around where we're at today? We are the gods of this world. <laughs> it's like, wait, what's happening? Look, because the information age, because of the vast amount of, of what we have at our fingertips, we have made our own self the god of our life. In other words, what I'm saying is, if I don't understand it, I, don't, I, I reject it. This is what we have done as society. If, if I don't understand that or I don't like that answer, I'll go find another answer and I get to be the one to dictate what is and what isn't. And you know that is actually a call on your life. You're just meant to do it from there, not here. Because from here, we can't understand. From here, we're gonna do our best with all the information we have and all the experts we have and all the, all the everything we've got at our fingertips, we're gonna do our best to come to our own conclusion. 
and it's still gonna be inferior to the reality that, the, that God has called us to live in. And from this reality, we are called as those who make decrees to say what is and what isn't only from the spirit to the natural realm so that the natural realm experiences the kingdom of heaven on the earth, not because of our understanding, but because of our seating. I don't think I can. <laughs> Gonna have to go back and listen to that one. Cause I don't know, it just all came out. <laughs> But this is where we're at with society, isn't it? Like we have made ourselves the ones that are the decision makers for everything. We have to come under subjection to the spirit to sit in the passenger seat and be okay that the Lord's gonna move, he's gonna do things, he's gonna do things in you and around you. He's gonna ask you to do things. How many of us have understood everything he's asked us to do when he's asked us to do it? Like it doesn't even, our logic doesn't even make sense. Right? We're like, well, I, gotta, I don't think that's the Lord. Well, yeah, but when, when he asked you to do this, did you, did you get that? Well, no. <laughs> when he asked you to move to Atlanta, did you understand? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. He can change the landscape because I'm holding on to him. So I want to I want to encourage us and challenge us as we're on this journey even look I think this is super relevant. I think it's actually practical but helpful because as the Lord starts pouring out wine, we're going to ask some questions. We're going to ask ourselves some questions. When people start having wild encounters, we're gonna start questioning. And, and, I, and, I, and I feel like it's important for us just to be uh, prepped a little. Don't be surprised <laughs> when he falls, when he does stuff that's outside of our thinking and our understanding because I guarantee you he will. Lance Wallnow said it, to, to go where we've never gone, we'll have to embrace things we've never embraced. Which is, which is gonna be a challenge because we really like to understand and like to know what we're getting into. And I wanna just tell you, if you're holding on to him, you're gonna be okay. Just hold on to him, it's the abide. I will abide whatever the landscape does, whether it's where I live, what I do for a living, my job, my workplace, my calling, my giftings, my talents, my, all the beautiful things. All of it is open-handed because it's him that I'm holding on to. This isn't where I find my security. And if he shows up in our life in such a way where we're on an, on an encounter or on the ground for days, I promise you we're gonna be wrestling with whether we should go to work or not. <laughs> well, I gotta make money? I know. I don't understand, how's it, do I really? Am I gonna be irresponsible? What about my kids? I've got kids. <laughs> Remember hearing the stories, uh, you read the book, they told us their stories, and the kids who had the stories of playing with the manifest presence underneath the chairs while their parents were laid out in the Azusa Street Revival? 
Were they thinking about their kids? Probably, they're probably doing the same thing. Look, you guys, I can't get out of this day without reading this, this, this verse, right? We gotta go to Acts 2, we can't, can't not have the day of Pentecost and not read it. <laughs> when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together. Suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing, laying on each one of them, resting on them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues. The Spirit was giving, as they were giving them utterance. And, and, and they looked crazy. You guys, nothing like this had happened. <laughs> Do you think they were like, this is, we've been waiting for this, this is amazing. God, you finally showed up. No, they're probably like, what the heck? What is going on? You're freaking me out. I'm freaking me out. I don't understand what's going on. The people outside, right? They're like, they're, they're, the guys are drunk and it's only 9 a.m., right? But no, no, no. And then Peter gets up. Look, the spirit falls, rocks him. Peter gets up and preaches a message. A week before, he was like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't even know this Jesus. <laughs> like a week before. I don't, I don't know. Like two weeks ago, before that, he's like slicing people's ears off. He's like, let's make a, a new temple or an altar. Like he, he's got it all wrong. He's the guy we can relate with because he gets it all wrong all the time. And then out of nowhere, he preaches a message that is filled with power. And here's what, listen to what they say. See if I can find it real quick. He says, they're not as drunk as you suppose, delivered. Yeah, he preaches this amazing message. Look, now when they heard this, the people after he he preached, they were pierced to the heart. We're combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. We're not speaking with, as mere men, with words of wisdom. The kingdom of heaven doesn't consist in words, but in power. When the disciples were on the road to Emmaus with Jesus and they finally realized it was him, their response was, did not our hearts burn within us? There's a spiritual reality that we're meant to live in that we won't understand naturally and that's okay. It's okay. Because what we were meant to do live here without even having any grid of why or how like this morning, things are happening in the spirit. Not because I'm saying great words, because they're not great words, but simply because there is something happening. There is a transaction taking place in the spirit. This is why we receive the grace on people's lives from Justin and Steve and Lauren. When Blake, when they're up here sharing, there's a spirit to spirit transaction that's taking place. We have to recognize what is happening in the spirit. He who has eyes, let him see. He who has ears, let him hear. We're not talking about natural eyes and natural ears. We're talking about open your spiritual ones so that we can receive what he's doing because when he shows up, we wanna be right in the middle of it right in the middle of it. So stand, put your hands out. Lord, (laughs) we want to be right in the middle of it. We want to be right in the middle of you. We want to be right in the cluster. We want to be right in the cluster with the new wine. Lord, as you pour out the new wine, we receive, we drink, we soak it in. Lord, we want to be the, we want to be the drunks that they said it's 9 a.m. 
These men are not as drunk as you would suppose, but they are drunk. Lord, we want to be the drunks. You guys, when we're drunk, we're, you know, you ever notice it when you're inebriated, you're a little bit more loose and in liberty to say and do things you wouldn't do normally. It's not, it's, it's, it's kind of a, on purpose that we would get lubed up with the oil and the wine to do and say things in the world, in the natural world that we wouldn't want or think to do naturally so that the heaven could actually show up. So Lord, we say yes and amen. Yes and amen. We want Holy Spirit come, pour out your wine. We wanna be your drunkards. We wanna be your bartenders. We wanna be the ones that are dishing out the new wine so that people can taste and see that you are good, that you are good beyond measure. That Lord, that when your spirit shows up, you bring life and life abundantly. You bring answers and solutions. You make everything make sense. You make everything have purpose. You make everything have security, Lord. We want the world to experience the presence of God in this way. Lord, we will be those that are dishing it out. Lord, we say wanna be right in the middle. Right in the middle. Right in the middle, Lord. Right in the middle. Just keep telling them right now. Just lift up your voices. Just, Lord, we want to be right in the middle. Put your own prayer on your lips. Just whatever the Lord has moved on you this morning and however he's moved on your spirit, just respond. Go ahead. Go ahead, Lord. We just want to be right in the middle of it, Lord. We want to be right in the middle of it. I can hear it. conviction is happening in the room too. And there's forgiveness of sin happening in the room. There's forgiveness of misunderstanding happening in the room. And there's bringing, I can see grace for understanding and grace for wisdom, revelation, and knowledge being released in the room. So Lord, we say yes and amen. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. We want to be right in the middle. Yeah? Amen? Come on. <clears throat> Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.